Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Amen. Acts chapter 3, verse number 4. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And the crippled man gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And so then Peter said the famous words, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he reached out and took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Amen. Peter was bold. Now, I want to say something here. When you know something and you, and you can speak that with clarity and boldness, that's very different than arrogance. That's very different than cockiness, okay? Because just to look at, just to look at this story, and Peter says, "I don't have money, but such as I have, give I thee." I mean, if he if he had just said, "Rise up and walk," and or if he just had the attitude that I'm just doing this, it would be different. It'd be a little cocky, a little a little arrogant. I don't want you to ever mistake confidence. And boldness in the Holy Ghost for arrogance. Or boldness, boldness in the Spirit. Don't ever mistake that for, for a, a haughtiness or a know-it-all. Because I want to talk tonight, before we're done here, I want to talk about being bold in the Holy Ghost. Amen. My title tonight to you is Distributors of the Miraculous. Distributors are being a distributor of a miracle. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Now, how do you explain a miracle? How do you explain a prayer that has been answered? When something that was impossible to you, that you have turned and put in the hands of the master, how do you explain that? How do you look at Water pots that were filled with water. Water went in, but wine came out. How do you explain that? How do you explain that a man was blind and had mud smeared in his face, and when he washed off the mud, his eyes could see? There's no way to really explain or define a miracle. Uh, a, a real a legal or maybe a dictionary definition of miracle is this an event or an action that defies known scientific laws it 's pretty obvious that that some of the things that you have seen in your life or in the life of others that were the result of prayer and the result of the hand of god it 's pretty obvious that that was beyond the laws of Science. Uh, that it just it just did it just there's no way uh, that it just it just happened. Uh, 
the, the gentleman following the Lord decided he would go fishing and he, he, he needed to pay. The IRS had been mailing him letters and he decided that he's going to pay his tax bill. And so he goes fishing and while he's fishing, he hooks a fish. He reels that fish in and it's got, it's got a check in his mouth that's going to pay the whole IRS bill. Now, I know that I'm making a bit more, a bit more modern for us, but he owed taxes and a coin was in the fish's mouth. Explain that. You can't. There's no way to really explain that, that known scientific laws many times are defied by the miraculous answer to God. Explain to me how that Peter walked on water. How did that happen? Because if you try to walk on water tonight, you're going to take two steps out there. But I promise you, everybody in this room that decides they're going to walk on water tonight, before you, before you test the miraculous, you're going to stop and take out your billfold so the leather doesn't get wet. You're, you're going to take your cell phone out of your pocket. You're going to put your purse over on the side. And if you've got new shoes or a new hairdo or anything like that, you're going to make sure that if you don't want to mess up your hairdo, you're going to try to walk on the shallow end of the pool. Because that's, that's, that's a law that if you hit water and it's soft and you're solid, you're going to go under. But when Peter walked on water, you can't at all define that. This, this idea brings me back to my opening question tonight. And, and how in the world can you explain a miracle? And the fact is you can't. There is just no way to explain the miracle. The man that was born blind, you know, they, they ask him, you know, you were blind, but you see, tell us what happened here. And the guy says, all I can tell you is this. Yesterday was blind, but today I can see. Because there is no other explanation except that it's different than it was. So you don't, you don't, you don't know how to explain the miracle. But there's one thing that you absolutely understand, that you just accept the miracle, and then you are quick to give God the glory. So many times God does something in somebody's life and, and, and then, and then we, 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 try to, we try to get credit for it. I mean, we, we, try to, we try to take God's glory and, and God's credit. But this God of ours, he answers prayer. And this God of ours, he is a miracle worker. We know he opens blind eyes. And we know the scripture tells us that the blind could see, the deaf could hear, and the dumb the dumb could talk. I will tell you, folks, I, I, I really didn't realize what a miracle it was because I have heard the dumb talk. And I've, there's been times that I prayed and wished that the dumb wouldn't talk. Come on, that's humor, all right? Catch up with me here. But there's been more than one person who can testify. My home was in foreclosure, and I took it to God, and I'm still living in it. There's been more than one that can talk about, I, I had a need, and there was a miracle that came in the mailbox, or a miracle that came by some other manner that my financial need, need was met. There are, there are people that you know that can testify, and they can pull out the doctor's reports that says cancer. It says major disease, and then they can pull out another doctor report that says cancer-free are diabetes free 
And, and there are those people who can testify. They can take you to their medicine cabinet or wherever they keep medicine at their house. And they can show you this is all the medicine that I used to take. Now I don't take that anymore. And you can't explain that except, except the fact that God has reached his hand and touched something. This God of ours knows how to lower blood pressure. He knows how to lower blood sugar. He knows how to raise up the oxygen count. He, 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 knows, how, he knows how to unblock an artery. He knows how to, to stop the erratic electricity in a body and seizures can stop because this God of ours knows how to do this because he simply works miracles. It's with his hand, it's with his power to do these things. Now, when, when you really know that he's able to do this and you operate with the confidence in the Holy Ghost that you know God can heal I will never tell you that God will heal every person. I I will never be able, I'll be the first to tell you, I am a man of faith. And if anything along uh, any subject that I would generally teach or, or preach on, there will be a thread of faith because I cannot live, I can't live without the miraculous of God. And, and every, every week, you're, you're going to hear that in some way, some way from here. But I will tell you, I have prayed for people who still died. And I've still attended funerals of people who were believing God for an answer. But that answer they were believing God for didn't come. So to say God heals everybody and everything, I can never say that. And I would be wrong to tell you, bless God, if you're sick, God's going to heal you every time because then I'm, then I'm playing God. But one thing that I have absolutely for sure, and that is a faith and a confidence that God can do anything. That gives me a hope in this life. That gives me a confidence in this life. I know that I can put my circumstances in the hand of the Lord and he can fix them. He, he can give that miracle, miraculous answer, or he may choose to not do that. But either way, if he heals my cancer, or if I die from that cancer, if he heals my heart condition, or I die from that heart condition, regardless, my faith and my trust is still in him. Paul said it this way. You know, I would rather go to heaven and die and go to heaven, but also I feel the pressure to stay here with you that are in the church. So he said it this way, to, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I mean, to live, I'm going to enjoy the church and the blessings of the church and the blessings of God. But if I go ahead and die, it's gain. I'm going to heaven and that's better because, because regardless of whether God gives you that miracle or he doesn't give you that miracle, he is still God. He is not a bit less God. He, he's not a bit less God. If you're praying for the repo man not to pick up your car and you wake up in the morning and it's gone, he's still the same God. As if there had been a miracle check in the mail and you made that payment yesterday before the repo man comes in the morning. He's still the same God. So this God of ours, he can give hope to the homeless and make the unlovable lovable. And he can change a life. And absolutely, this, this fact that we, that we understand that, that I will just be this bold to say that whatever you're dealing with tonight, he possesses the ability to change it and to transform it. He's God. 
Now, there are times there's principles in the scripture that we've got to live by. I mean, I would, I would be very careful to say God is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to let my ship come in and, and I, I, when you haven't been faithful as a steward. I think there's some laws that are reciprocal from God. If you're faithful to God, you take care of God's business, he takes care of your business. And I mean that from a financial standpoint. I also understand that, 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 that faithfulness, that God, his grace and mercy comes in our lives in, in ways we really can't, we really can't understand. But, but the problem that we have so many times when, when we get ready for a prayer to be answered, <clears throat> or we get ready for a miracle to happen, somehow we think, if I do everything right, that God has to give me the miracle. If I do everything, and so, so we, we place ourselves and we place our prayer partners and we place our church many times in the place of having to try to manufacture miracles. You think with me now. We, we, place, uh, we, we, place, we place ourselves, uh, Pastor, I want you to pray right now. And I know when I go to work tomorrow or whatever I'm facing tomorrow, it's going to be gone. And, so, and so, then, so then the pastor prays the prayer and, and, and you go wherever it's going to go tomorrow and it didn't happen. And you look back and say, Pastor, I prayed and your prayers ain't no good. You pray dead prayers because so many times we, we put ourselves in the position of trying to manufacture the miraculous and we cannot manufacture a single miracle. We can't manufacture a miracle. We cannot manipulate a miracle. Understand something. When, when some things are too good to be true, just remember that's a fact. Some things are too good to be true. And when you see things that are just kind of just, just seem to be just all the, all the time, just uh, wonderful and great and just wonderful. And you just, you look at that and you say, I just don't understand that. And you get that little feeling that something's not, doesn't quite ring true there. Just be still because if that doesn't ring true in your spirit, when you pray about it and you seek the Lord, you're going to probably find in a few days, it's going to, things going to run off track. Okay, but, but please understand that we can never manufacture the miraculous, nor can we manipulate the miraculous, nor can we disguise the miraculous. Uh, if you want sugar, you got to get a sugar packet. And there's no way, there's no way that you can dump out the sugar and fill it with sweet and low and try to convince everybody this is a sugar packet because everybody is going to figure there's something different with this. You cannot manufacture or, ma- or manipulate the miraculous. Sometimes we seem to think that it's our responsibility to make it happen, and it's not. Well, I'll, I'll fast 41 days, and because that'll be one day longer than Jesus fasted. And I know if I fast one day longer than Jesus did, I'll get my miracle. But no, you cannot, you cannot manufacture it, nor, nor can you in any way take on the responsibility of the miraculous because it's just impossible for you to do this. An example of this is when the Lord fed the 5,000. Here is the miracle that unfolded there that is preached about every week nearly in every church in America. And that is 5,000 men plus the women and children, whatever the number was, they were fed by a few loaves and some fishes. This happened, but if you look at this story, it was late in the day, and people were hungry, and the Lord noticed they were hungry, and the people noticed they were hungry. The disciples noticed they were hungry, and they didn't know what to do, so they asked the Lord, Lord, what are we going to do? And so they did not know what to do. Now, they offered some suggestions. One of the suggestions was, let's just send them home. Let's just send everybody home. But if you read the story, it says the Lord 
didn't want to send them home because he knew that some of them had come from a long way and they, they, were, going to be, they were going to be hungry. It was a long journey. He did not want that to happen. But the, the, their solution was, uh, we don't have to worry about a miracle if, if we just send these people home. We don't have to worry about the logistics of our need if we just send these people home. But the bottom line is, is there was a real need, there was a real crowd, and there was a real God that was standing there. And the disciples, if they could have just said, Lord, what are you going to do, then it would have been different. But they were trying to figure out what they were going to do. Have you ever have you ever noticed that a lot of times around the church there's somebody that might be a little more difficult to deal with? Back there in the sound booth is a, it's been there for years. It may not be there today, but it comes to mind now because it was there. I looked at it a lot of Sundays. There was a little lesson I gave one time on how to deal with difficult people. And some of you, y'all were in one of those numbers, okay? And, and probably I was on one of those numbers. But, but how to deal with difficult people. But, but a lot of times, the folks that come in, they got a lot of baggage. They got a lot of problems, you know. We want ready-made revival. I mean, really, we, we want, when people come in, we want them to already, we, we want all the addictions to be gone. We want the marriage uh, problems to be settled. Uh, we, we, we want them to already have a, a six-figure job. We want them to already be tithing and, and giving an extra 5% and doing all this extra stuff. That's the way we want to get them. But the problem is, is, is that kind of revival just really don't work. But so what happens is, is, is when the difficult kind of people come, the ones that was kind of like you and I when we came to the Lord, when we come, a lot of folks that don't want to fool with that, they want to send them away. But God's saying, I want to work a miracle in our life. I want to do something for them so you don't send them away. Amen. 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 So, so Philip noticed at this moment, in this story, Philip noticed, he said, uh, he, he started talking about uh, 600 penny worth or a year's wages or he, he, he named some large amount of money that wasn't going to take care of this problem. And so Philip was smart enough to know that if we're going to fix this, we need a bigger budget. Now, folks, I can tell you, I appreciate, I appreciate the fact when the problems are answered with just more money. But Philip noticed that Philip noticed that we don't have enough money, and it's going to take a year's worth of money to take care of this. But you see, just just adding money to the budget doesn't fix the problem. And in this case, Philip noticed more money would might fix it, but it didn't do it. Now Andrew was a kind of a curious guy. He, he wasn't part of the inner circle or anything. But Andrew stirred around, and there was one guy in the crowd that. That while there was part of the disciples said, let's get rid of this problem. The other, another one of the disciples said, you know, if, if we get more money, this problem will go away. But there's one guy who started looking around to see what he could find. He comes up with a sack lunch. He comes back with a sack lunch and, and he looks at the sack lunch and he looks at God and he looks at all the people. And he says, now, Lord, Lord, I did find a bit of a solution, but this is not going to go nearly about for all these people. He was practical, he was pragmatic, and he understood this ain't enough for that. But you've got to realize something. When God is there, this is always enough for that. When God gets ready to work, you've got to understand when God is about to roll a miracle out, you can be short of people or you can have too many people. You can be short of money. You, 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 can, you can be short of resources on every level. But when God gets ready, Ready. 
when God gets ready. I've got a good friend building a new church right now. And, and, and they, they just, they just bought, they bought a piece of land out on a very nice road, very, very expensive, paid nearly a million dollars for the piece of land. They didn't have the money for it. They don't have many more people than we've got. Their budget and their income is about what ours is. And, and, and they sure couldn't afford that million-dollar piece of land. But when they found the piece of land, uh, it, had a, it, had a, it had a radio tower on it of some kind, a cell phone tower. Well, this guy got to thinking, maybe I can, we can buy the land and cell tower is going to come with it. We turn around and sell, sell the, the cell towers, maybe just some cell company or something, and we'll just see what comes out of this. So they went to buy, buy their land, and when they went to buy the, by the time they went to closing, they closed on the land, and, and they had sold the cell towers in the process, and when they closed, a million-dollar purchase only cost them about $150,000 because they sold the corners, and they didn't have money to buy it. They didn't know how they were going to do it, but what happened for them was, was there was a resource there that was turned into what they had to where they're now they had a million-dollar asset only owed a small amount of money against it. You know, five loaves and a few fishes is enough when God's allowed to work with it. Understand that. So we don't have to ma- manipulate or manufacture the miracle. I'm, folks, I'm telling you, I've been guilty in the past of, of trying to, to manufacture or manipulate to make sure it was, it was just right. It's just right. We've taken offerings in the past. And, and, and I'd say, Lord, we need a $10,000 offering. And so I'd come in here with five or six or $7,000 of it myself. And we'd get the $10,000, but dear mercy, I did most of it. And here I was trying to believe God for a miracle. What I should have done, instead of trying to manipulate it and, and try to just help it along, what I should have done is I should have just brought a modest offering like everybody else. And I said, God, I'm not going to make this happen. You're going to make this happen. And how many times have you been guilty of trying to manufacture and manipulate the answers for God in your life? You have. So tonight I want to talk about being somebody who distributes the miracle and doesn't manufacture the miracle. Once we begin to view ourselves as people who simply can step into the will of God and the plan of God and just can just pray the prayer of faith and can just operate in the Holy Ghost and then God does the miracle just like the loaves and the fishes miracle. Andrew hands it to the Lord, says, this is not much for all of these people. And the fish and the bread is in the hands of the master. And he starts breaking it and he puts it in their hands. Those disciples, they, they go to pass it out. And when they're passing it out, it doesn't run out while it's in their hands. They had nothing to do with it. God touched it. It started multiplying in his hands. And when he put it in their hands, it continued to multiply until the miracle happened. I'm here today to say, if you and I will operate with obedience and faith and confidence in the Holy Ghost, uh, every resource that this church needs will be there. Every resource that your family needs will be there. Every family that this ministry needs will be there. If we'll operate in a faith and a confidence in the Holy Ghost and not try to manipulate the miraculous. So God... What are we going to do? We're going to have a revival. We're going to have a move of God. You know, what? we need to start a new ministry. I, I tell you, years and years ago, we didn't have a drummer year, years ago. And, and so the first thing that, that I knew to do was we bought some drums. And we set a, a set of drums up in the storefront. But we didn't have a drummer. We had a, a couple of folks that might have liked to be in, but, but they weren't. And they sat there for months and months, and we didn't have a drummer. And then before long, we had one, two, three, or four. There's been times we had five or six drummers. We had so many drummers 
drummers in the past. Uh, they'd get their feelings hurt if they somehow the rotation got messed up because because we operated in faith. We did what we knew to do. We set us some drums over there, and I was asking God to give us a drummer. And, and and so and so it happened. You saw it happen here this last Sunday night. I've been praying about Lord, would you give us more people that that like to sing and more that we, we could restart the choir? And you saw that happen this last week. And I've been praying. I've been praying, God, give us some some leadership people that, that, that don't mind getting here early and staying late and coming other days and practicing. They don't mind that, Lord. Just do it. And he's doing that right now. And he's providing that right now. And my prayer changed the last few days because Sunday night I decided, Lord, I'm praying right now and I'm asking you. We've got, we, we've got a lot of folks that'll sing, a lot of folks that'll make music, and a lot of folks that'll do stuff. But God, right now we need some folks that don't mind being noisy at church. Give us some noisy people at church, Lord. And, and, and I'm not asking anybody else that I want everybody to be a worshiper, but you know what I'm talking about. That one person who just, uh, you know, you know who I'm talking about. It's that guy that when the pastor says, I, I'm, I'm about to close and, or five more minutes, it's that guy that'll say, preach on brother. And the pastor preaches 15 more minutes. You don't like that guy, but God loves that guy. You know, the guy that as soon as the music starts, uh, before the music starts, he comes in the back door. He's clapping his hands. He's shouting hallelujah. And why everybody else is, I mean, he gets to the front row and, and, and he jumps and he, and he jives and he jukes and he carries on. And he, he makes a general fool of himself uh, from a worldly standpoint. But God loves that guy. And I'm praying, God, would you give us two or three of that kind of guy now? Because we've got good singers and we've got good worship, God. But I can't make it happen, Lord. I, I, no, bless Popsy's heart. He's 80 years old. I can't make Popsy run the aisles at 80 years of age, okay? I understand that's where he's at. But what I need is a new convert to say, you know what? The, the old man over on the corner, he can't run. So I'm going to make a lap for him. Or I'm going to make some noise for him. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship for him. And I'm just believing God that there is some... There is a miracle of some worshipers that's coming into our church family. Amen. 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 I just, I just know that's going to happen, but I, I can't make that happen. But I do know this, that, that if we'll just keep singing and if we'll just keep praying and if we'll just keep, keep passing out bread and fish and if we'll just keep doing what God says, uh, we'll look up one time and there'll be an excess of the miraculous. Because that's what happened. The, the apostles got so busy passing out bread and fish that was, when it was all said and done, there was extra. They could have stopped when they got to the end of the line. But they went back and passed out more and passed out more till there was basketfuls of fragments that they, they hauled off. Can you imagine, can you imagine basketfuls of the miraculous uh, left in our church after a Sunday night? Uh, and we have to, we have to pick up a, a Holy Ghost drunk and haul him out of here. And, and it was just a drunk down at some bar a few months ago. But now, now they've changed their addiction and, and that they've changed their dependency and where they were dependent on a party and a substance. Now, they're dependent upon the Holy Ghost and the moving of God in their life. And, and when we walk out of here, we got a couple of them that we had to load up and go put in the car. That's a basket full of the miraculous. Uh, you haul that miracle out of here. And I'm just believing in the next few weeks, the next few months, uh, that some of these places that might be empty tonight, uh, that they're going to be filled with somebody that is just ready to worship God and ready to live for God. And, and I don't want any troublemakers, okay? 
I'll take problem folk, but I don't want troublemaking folk. Because I'll t- I, I, I'm just honest with you right now. I know God has got a plan for this church. He's got a plan for this ministry. And I just want people that want to be a worshiper and who want to live for God and want to be as faithful to God as they can. That is very, very important to me. But if somebody wants to just come and, and gripe and growl, Lord, send them on down to the first church of the dead or something. Because, because Lord, we need people that's alive. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I couldn't be more honest and candid than this right now. But, but with this, I believe that when God starts doing this, uh, we can't make that happen. We can't make it happen. And I look at revivals of the past here in this church and and things that were so tremendous and so big. And we look back and we try to use the past as the benchmark and say, we need to have another revival like that. We need another group of people like that. You know what I think? We need the move of God and the revival and the harvest that's for this season for this church. That God's got planned for this season of the church. And I, I don't know what group of people it would be. I don't know what family they'll be attached. But I do know this. There will be one person in our church who will go looking out through the crowd and they'll find a sack lunch of, of loaves and fishes and, and they'll just say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to bring it to you. And they may they show up and say, i got a Bible study. I'm going to start. It's crazy. It's far out. Uh, I don't really know what it's going to do. But that might be just what sparks uh, the, the move of God and the manifestation of God and the infilling and the inflowing of the Spirit in people's lives. And the miraculous unfolds just because God says, it's that season right now. I can't make it happen. But there's one thing I can do. I can do everything in my power to show up and be there when God shows up and God works it out. And so, so once, we, once we view ourselves, though, as a distributor of the miracle and not as a manufacturer of the miracle, we can simply operate with the confidence God knows what he's doing. Let me just tell you, if you can explain everything that happens at every service in your church, you haven't been to an apostolic church. And I'll be honest, we've been running short on the unexplainable of late. There needs to be somebody just full of the devil just decide to show up and then that devil get cast out of them. There needs to be something just crazy happen that you just can't explain. There needs to be people just decide they're just going to go just, 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 just. Just run and just shout and leap for joy. It doesn't make any sense. But there's something that's going on inside of them because they're touching the miraculous and they've been touched by the hand of God and they rejoice and we can't explain what happened. And then when, when company comes and there's somebody over there acting crazy and you can point them out to the company and say, see that one over there? That one over there was the biggest drug dealer in town. That one over there was this or was that and Look what God's done with them now. Look what God's done with them now. You see, I am absolutely certain of this. When we understand what God wants to do with us and do with this church, we're going to be like the people that we find in Psalms chapter 126, verses 1 to 3. 1, 1 through 3. And, and there was, there was uh, these people that the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Look, when the captivity was over with, when he turned it again, when, when it was all over with, we were like them that dream. Ever had the moment when you looked around at your life and you say, this is a dream come true. When we understand 
when we understand that we cannot manipulate or manufacture the miraculous in our church, but we operate in a faith and a confidence and a Holy Ghost boldness, and then we see things begin to happen, we will be just like that verse of Scripture. When the captivity has been turned, the, the, the tough time is over, and now we are like them that dream. Our dream has come true. I am living the dream. Have you ever had that season in your life? You were just living the dream. I'm living the dream. Well, I believe in the church. And on Sunday night and on Wednesday night, we can live the dream. But it will not be a manufactured dream. It will be something that we've manipulated. But it will be simply the fact that we've told people about what God was doing. And we shared our testimonies. And God took and began to bless. And and it was a hungry heart that said, I want what you've got. And they begin to respond to that testimony and what they see and what they feel. And then we'll look around and say, I can't believe this people bouncing off the walls uh, drunks laying around the church uh, people getting the holy ghost uh, by the scores uh, what are you talking about Pastor? i'm talking about a move of god i'm talking about the birth of babies the birth of worshipers the birth of a new batch of sunday school teachers the birth of a new batch of bus drivers uh, the birth of a new batch of people that'll sing in the choir a birth of a new batch of young people that'll stuff a bus to go somewhere i'm talking about the birth of revival and we can make it happen but there's one thing for sure if we'll let god be god and we'll offer with obedience and faith that's going to happen and you and I are going to be passing out bread and passing out fish and we're just going to be wondering what's going on around here amen the psalmist said he thought they were dreaming imagine what the disciples were thinking as they passed out fish and bread wow wow I imagine they even got a little, little fun with it. They probably, they probably broke it in half and just watched it grow and broke it in half. I don't know what all happened. But one thing for sure, this can't be true. This can't be happening. I can't believe this is going on because the miraculous was operating in their hands. It was not their, it was not, it was not their power. It was not their ability. It was the miracle of God in their hands. And God wants to use some people in this body. And it won't be your power. It won't be your talent. But it'll be what God's doing with your hands. It's what God's doing with your testimony. What God's doing with your song, what God's doing with your witness. And you'll just be walking through life, not even realize you're passing out bread and you're passing out fish. Such is the case. I believe God wants to do with you and with people in this church. So I quickly close. It's 823. I allow myself seven more minutes. Peter and John, they go to the house of God at the hour of prayer. As they arrive there at the hour of prayer, they see the man that is laying there at the gate, beautiful. You realize this was known, this gate was known for its beauty. But at that most beautiful spot, there was a most ugly situation. Let me tell you something, folks. You'll, you'll find ugly in some of the most beautiful places. And you can have, you'll have life that's working so good for you and so perfect. And you'll realize all of a sudden I've got to deal with something ugly in my life. Something ugly has been presented to me. But Peter and John arrived there. They saw the man. It was the hour of prayer. And so it was quite obvious they went there by habit. They went there by routine. They went there and they were, they were faithful. And so when, when he looked on them and, and they looked at him and this dialogue begins to take place. And Peter with great confidence says, uh, look on us, sir. And of course, that, the scripture tells us that he looked on them expecting to receive something. And then, and then Peter tells him, I don't have money. I don't have resources. I, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't have any cash on me right now, fella. Dude, I don't have any cash. All I got is a credit card. Silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I'm giving to you. There is a confidence that was in that man that was incredible. And I would love to see that confidence rise up in one man in this church. 
that he would say, you know, I don't have any money, but I've got confidence God will answer my prayer. I've got confidence God will honor this Bible study. I've got confidence God will take care of this. And if we just get one person who can have that confidence that Peter spoke of that time, such as I have, I'm going to give to you. Because if the miracle has been worked in your life, you have within you resident the power of God that you can share with somebody else. Just as miracle bread was put in the disciples' hands and they passed out miracle bread. Miracle Holy Ghost has been put in your hands and you have the ability to tell somebody about that. And you can say, I don't have money. I can't give you the Holy Ghost. But what I have is faith to believe you will receive the Holy Ghost. Come to my church Sunday. My preacher will preach to you. My choir will sing at you. My church family will pray with you. And I believe God's going to touch you and change the circumstance. And what you're doing is you're passing out bread and you're passing out fish and you're passing out a miracle and all you thought you were doing was telling somebody what God had done for you but no it was bigger than that you were passing out the miracles I challenge you to do that I challenge you to go in faith I challenge you to go in a confidence in the Holy Ghost we don't need wimpish men and women of God we need men and women of God that are bold men and women of God that are filled with filled with confidence and there's four things I want to quickly share with you tonight that I think is important if you're going to pass out the miracle and that is first off you've got to notice the need and you've got to see it with compassion You've got to see it with compassion. And then you've got to absolutely know that the divine resources are, are, available, uh, are available to you and to the need. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. I got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. And I believe you can get the Holy Ghost down in your soul. Because, because such as I have. I'm sharing it with you right now. And then when you, when you are bold enough to say, I believe you can have this same experience that I've got, then you be, become a channel or you become a pathway or you become a, a tool in God's hands and you help that person arrive at that place. What do you mean? You may have to drive by and pick them up. Uh, you may have to put them in your new $75,000 car. One of them little ugly people, one of them little nasty people may have to ride in your car. Somebody one time told me, says, my car's too nice for that kind of people. Then you your car's too nice. Your car's too nice. If God gave you a $75,000 car, dear mercy, put somebody that smells bad, put somebody that hadn't had a bath, put them in that thing and get the blessings of God inside that car. I mean, you use it for God, he'll pay it off early. I mean, just, that's just pastor talking, all right? But, but become a channel for that resource. Become a channel, become a pathway for that miracle to come to somebody. And then when it, when it begins to happen, you just, let, you just let God get all the glory. No, I, yeah, they rode in my car. Yeah, I taught the Bible study, but I didn't do anything. But let God use me, and God filled them with the Holy Ghost, and God's done this, and he's going to do it for somebody else. And there's going to be a basket full of fragments that you can walk away with there. And it, it's going to be a miracle that you're going to carry away with you from that moment that God works the miraculous. And all you did was pass out the bread and pass out the fish and pass out the answers and pass out the testimony and pass out the prayer and pass out the song. That's all you were doing was passing it out. I'm just so filled tonight with confidence that God is ready to use somebody in this church in a way you have never been used before. He may take the most timid of us and use you in the most incredible, incredible Way. See, when it comes to a miracle, every one of us start out bankrupt. Every one of us start out with an empty bank account. Every one of us start out not able to do it. But God chooses those simple things to confound the wise. 
If I had been presented with 5,000 people who don't have food, I'd have gone on my Facebook page and I'd, 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 I'd put out, we have 5,000 people down at the church who need food. Will you share this with everybody that you know and let this go viral and we'll see what happens. Let's just see who shows up. And we want people to bring, uh, bring bread and weenies, okay? And we're going to have a hot dog deal down at the church at 3. Just let it go viral. Let's see what, that's the way I would have done it. But no, not God. Uh, God would say, you know, just put it in my hands and we'll see what happens. And people, I'm absolutely confident that you will put your testimony, put your house, put your car, put every aspect of your life in God's hands. Let, let your house be used for a Bible study. Why not? Let your home be used for a small group. Why not? Let me tell you something, people. I believe God wants to use people who've never been used in ways before. Let God make something out of your nothing. Let God make something out of your nothing. He creates an opportunity so he might get glory. Why was this man blind? Did his mama sin? Did his daddy sin? No, his mama sinned. His daddy didn't sin. This guy was born blind so that the glory of God might be manifest in him. God will create an opportunity to get glory, and he'll let you be a part of the process and part of the miraculous. And people, I believe God wants to take some of you and use you. I believe there are people that will be used in this church in ways. Well, I want to be used. I want to be the main song leader. I want to do this. I want No, no, no. No, let me tell you, you really don't want to be the song leader because you've got to be there early all the time. It's a pain. It's a pain. And then you've got to worry about the other folks that don't like the song. You don't want that. And you've got to worry about the other guys that, that said you was too loud or too slow. And you, don't want to, you don't really want that job. I mean, you want, I mean, you, you want the job that, you know, that, that nobody's going to fuss at you about. Not going to be political. But I'm telling you, people, if, if you will just say, God, this is all I've got. Some loaves and some fishes. A brown bag lunch. A couple of tuna sandwiches is all I got, Jesus. And see what God can do with that little bit of stuff. See what God can do in your job. See what God can do with your, your, your friend circle or in your neighborhood. Or see what God can do. I'm just, I, I just don't know where that thing is going to spark. I don't know who's going to walk in here with a brown bag saying, well, they don't look like much, Pastor, but I got them here today. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know who it's going to be, but when it happens, there's going to be joy unspeakable and full of glory in somebody's house. And then there's going to be joy unspeakable and full of glory in the sanctuary. And there's going to be water splash and baptism. People are going to get the Holy Ghost because of somebody decided, you know, I'm going to just let God take the sack lunch. And I'm going to pass out bread. And I'm going to pass out fish. I'm going to pass out bread. And pass out fish. I'm just going to hand away. I'm hand out a bottle of water. I'm just going to leave a business card for somebody. I'm just passing out bread and fish. I don't even have a business card or a bottle of water or bread or fish or a tuna sandwich. I don't have nothing. But I just got a big smile. I, that's free. I got a, I got a God bless you. I'm going to pray for you, my friend. That's all I got. But you know what? Everybody I see, I'm going to give them a God bless you. Everybody I see, I'm going to give them a smile. Everybody I see, I'm going to, I'm going to give them a, a blessing of, of some kind. Stand with me tonight. My wife has really gotten on this kick, and I marvel at it because I go to stores, and I want to check out and leave. She decides to be Miss Conversation. And she'll ask everybody, especially the grumpy clerks. She loves the grumpy clerks of late. 
I think it's because they act like her. I'm not certain. But, but anyway, anyway, she loves the grumpy clerks. And the grumpy ones will be there and she'll say, well, how's your day today? And if they're real young, she'll do the old grandma thing. How's your day today, honey? And, you know, you, you put about three syllables on that honey and it just, it just gets them. Well, it's okay. And now that will share a little bit of whatever's, whatever's going on. I said, well, I'm all, I want your day to get better, honey. I, want, I just want things to, I just want things to be better. Just, you just keep on and it's going to be, I'm going to pray for you. And just, just, she just shines a little light on them. And the old grumpy one before long, do you want, you want two bags? You want, let me double bag your stuff. Let me just do whatever it takes to, to help you out, lady. You know, and I believe what she's doing is sharing some love. But you and I ought to be passing out bread and fish every part of our day. And when you go to work, they come by your desk and they just stop and talk for a moment. And they just reach over and take part of your bread and fish off your table, off your desk. Don't even realize they're doing it. It's just they feel comfortable. They have to come by and see you every day. And and you you wonder really what they're coming by. Really, they just come by. They didn't really come to see you. But they just had a little hunger. And when they they knew when they stopped by your your desk or came by your cubicle or went by your corner in the workshop, they knew if they stopped by, I could get a little nibble of bread. There'd be a little snack there of bread and fish. and, And I could get a little nibble and I'd feel better when I went away from there. And before long, there's something that sparks and they get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want to be a distributor of the miraculous.